Welcome to New World of Work, a podcast exploring the new frontier of the modern workforce. I'm Rhys Black, Head of Remote at Oyster, a global people operations platform making it easier than ever to build a brilliant team on an international scale. On New World of Work, we'll hear from some of the world's best and brightest people and culture experts on cutting-edge topics that people operations professionals need to hear today, all through a global lens. Join us as we navigate this new world of work together and learn about each other along the way. Managing a team that spread across the world is no easy feat. And many of us are still looking for the right approach as we navigate this new world of work together. As people operations professionals, it's our job to set the tone for the company culture while ensuring that employees are happy, fulfilled, and productive. Creating an atmosphere where everybody feels supported, included, and comfortable with collaboration is paramount. But this can become a challenge when team members are living on opposite sides of the world in separate time zones with a diverse mix of cultural nuances. The shift to remote work requires significant investment. And the reality for small companies is that they're navigating and maintaining remote infrastructure with less resources and just as much complexity. Let's face it, Mr. Frodo, we're lost. In some ways, striking the balance can be even more challenging when it comes to managing smaller teams. On today's episode of New World of Work, I'm sitting down with someone who knows all about this. Jen Paxton is the VP of People at Smile. She joined us on New World of Work to share some of the learnings and insights she's gained while helping the company grow, support and manage a team of 55 across 17 countries. Jen kicked off the episode by sharing a bit about herself, her career and her role at Smile. I started my career off actually in the startup space, so 20, I guess 2013, um, so a little bit less than 10 years ago is when I took the kind of plunge to join uh, my first startup. And so honestly, I'd say like I'm a startup junkie at this point, so um, I've helped companies grow from three to, to 300 and maybe a little bit higher than that as well. And then, you know, how did I end up at Smile? I actually, it was on the heels of an acquisition uh, that I was part of at my last company, uh, Privy, and I was thinking about kind of what was going to bring me the most joy and what I wanted to do next. And I wanted to go back into another startup and grow it again and also experience a new challenge that I hadn't faced before, which was scaling a global team. Smile powers actually 80,000 uh, e-commerce loyalty and rewards programs. And so that's all over the world. And just to give you an idea, a reward program is like the Starbucks kind of VIP. So Smile is uh, a SaaS company. Um, we were headquartered in Kitchener, Canada. But when COVID hit, the team actually went uh, fully remote. So we are 55 employees in 17 countries as of now. So about 50% of the employees are still in Canada, uh, but they're actually spread all over different providences now. And then we have one person in the Caribbean, 7% that are in Asia, and then the remaining 30% are actually spread equally across UK and EU, as well as the United States. And then South America has been a huge hiring for us as well. 
The SMILE uh, situation pre-pandemic uh, was that majority of the employees, and actually if you think back to like 20, you know, 2020, SMILE was around 30 employees at that time, and they had about two two or three remote employees, and that was, that was it. They were all really all in the Kitchener-Waterloo area in Canada previous to the pandemic. So I wasn't working at Smile pre-pandemic, uh, but I, I do have stories from folks that were working at Smile pre-pandemic, and uh, people were working very synchronously. You know, they were mostly overlapping on their time zones and going into the office and having you know in-person meetings. Slack was still very prevalent, but it was definitely more in-person engagement than, of course, what we have now. Smile has seen some major growth and changes over the last year and a half. With the wild ride that we've all been on since early 2020, it's not hard to see why. Most companies have had to change up their approach at least slightly since the pandemic, no matter the size, structure or industry they operate in. Given the intense growth Smile has seen in a relatively short time frame, I was interested to learn more about their approach to PeopleOps overall and how Jen has pivoted her strategy to tackle any challenges that may have come up as a result of these shifts. What is Smile's approach when it comes to people operations? I would say that we are not only there to kind of the support kind of the Smile employees, but we're also there to educate and to um, and to kind of push them and help them to grow. From a purely budgetary perspective, I think I mentioned this a little earlier, but I really love that coming in, I didn't have to say like, hey, I need this headcount or that headcount. Coming in, they were like, hey, what do you need? Like, whatever you need, like, let's make it happen. And I really appreciated not having to have those like budget battling conversations right off the bat. They're really investing in kind of the infrastructure to help us scale how the pandemic changed our approach to hiring. And so us going fully remote actually gave us, I would say, a pretty stark advantage. Uh, Since we weren't limited by location, we could source and engage really the best talent no matter where they lived. Uh, So I'd say that it actually helped us almost like supercharged our hiring uh, and and, and help us to, to really find people that maybe wouldn't have been exposed to if we weren't, you know, hiring all over the globe. We've found um, an untapped market in South America. Um, So Brazil and Colombia um, for our engineers have been amazing. Just the the amount of talent down there and just all of the candidates throughout the entire interview process had really blown us away. So I, I would not to completely spill the secret sauce, but I'd say that like, I think South America is going to be a pretty hot market for, for talent as a startup scale. The pandemic presented a huge opportunity for Smile, as they were able to expand their search for talent to the entire world, rather than being confined to a somewhat limited talent pool operating out of the small city of Kitchener, Ontario. This global approach to hiring definitely presented new challenges from a PeopleOps perspective, but considering the benefits of building an international team, it would seem it's well worth the additional planning and creative thinking required. I was interested in some of the challenges Jen had encountered managing a small team on a global scale. 
one of them actually was that they had already started scaling. You know, they had, uh, I think they were in 16 or, or 15 countries when I first joined. So the amount of structure that they had was was not really there. It was just kind of like, let's hire somebody here, here and here, and then we'll figure out like how to support them after. <laughs> And so I think for for me coming in, I was kind of tasked with this total rewards strategy and how do we build that um, equitably for everyone around the entire globe. And then going into that, I'm going to be doing um, a lot of performance reviews. Uh, And then the other thing I think that is just kind of coming up more and more is how do you continue to build that sense of belonging for a fully distributed remote team where it might not be natural for people to to make those connections. Our smaller team is actually quite complex. I think we're in like 10, 10 plus time zones at this point. So getting overlapping meetings is in, in I, I guess, uh, overlapping meetings where everyone is at the, the same meeting live um, can be a challenge. So I think that one thing that we're working on is how can we actually you know work on a project as a team but not have that space to work at the exact same time of day. So we're actually uh, leveraging a tool called Volley for this. Um, Our merchant experience team uh, actually just did an entire project where um, they worked completely asynchronously using Volley as their communication tool. I'm a startup junkie at this point. So I think one of the parts that probably comes in is there are more jobs to be done than there are people. And so uh, you have a lot of, uh, at least speaking from personal experience, a lot of context switching. So my day can be, well, I guess I'll just take take yesterday, for instance. So I was processing <laughs> processing a, a payroll change within our, um, our contracting. Um, I also had a monthly manager training that I was running. Uh, I had one-on-ones with my team. I had actually had some sourcing that I was helping our director of, of talent out with. Um, and then I also had, you know, prep for, for this conversation as well. So I think that there's lots of you know, just different things that you'll be you'll be doing and working on and can pull you into multiple directions. Whereas if you have a bigger team, usually have more kind of focused areas uh, where you're really going to just dive, dive deeper rather than um, having kind of this spread thin, broad kind of atmosphere. I'm a really big fan of from the, the people upside, setting up that infrastructure well to support the team you are going to have, not the team you just have right now. So coming into Smile, you know, I was really excited because we were 50, uh, 50 people and I already had a team of two uh, as well. So um, we could start to time to do some of that specialization um, right off the bat. But as we as we're growing and we're seeing kind of gaps on our team, I think we'll start to have more kind of established lanes of, you know, hey, you're going to take ownership of employee experience. You're going to take ownership of learning and development. You take ownership of kind of the, the talent and recruiting side and, and employer branding side. So I think that'll that'll be really great to have uh, more dedicated lanes for for people as we as we scale as anyone who's worked in a startup environment knows wearing many different hats at once is a skill that becomes invaluable as you grow and scale the company jen noted that as smile continues to grow her approach will be to establish more firm guidelines around each person's role in turn this will help the company stay organized and run more efficiently while supporting team members as they grow, improve, and hone in on the specific areas they're most passionate or curious about. 
One of the ways Gen is accomplishing this is by leveraging the most appropriate technology and tools needed to manage a team effectively. However, the process of putting these systems in place hasn't been without its own unique set of challenges. It's funny, like just thinking, thinking about kind of my first week at Smile and kind of the technical challenges that I saw right off the bat. Smile is really good at documentation and putting kind of processes down on paper. Uh, however, um, there wasn't a, a person here to look at any of the old processes that had been put down on uh, on, on you know virtual paper. So we use we use Notion as kind of our internal wiki, and so coming in as a new hire. I had, you know, thousands of Notion pages that I could potentially get into, uh, as well as um, way too many Slack channels. Uh, so it was it was very tough, I think, to just virtually uh, figure out, you know, what do I need to actually invest my time in versus maybe I don't need to explore this. Uh, and so from a documentation perspective, I think someone who is kind of that gatekeeper or that like that farmer who can go in uh, to your internal wiki and say, hey, this is relevant or this isn't relevant and identify, you know, how does it need to be updated or completely archived would be helpful. We have a, a an actual onboarding checklist now with specific links to um, the Notion pages that we want new hires to to get into, and so one part of that is uh, any kind of also pre onboarding that we're trying to do. So a new hire, uh, once they've accepted the offer, we were going to send them a pretty much like a, uh, a PDF kind of handbook of all of the things they might need to know about Smile just to kind of get them up and running. And so a lot of those um, specific Notion pages on, you know, how do we work or, hey, how are the tools, um, like how do we use our tools uh, specifically here um, or where do you go to find X, Y, and Z are all going to be, you know, baked into this nice PDF um, that we use. I'm, I'm actually building it out right now. It's in Canva. And uh, and so they're going to be able to have all that information ahead of time so that there's not as much back and forth with our employee experience specialist, Connor, just to understand, hey, where do I go for this or how do I find this? And then when they get here on day one, they have the onboarding checklist in Notion where they can go and look at specific you know, smile articles on the company. Um, again, a nice refresher on how we work in tools or, or in that right now as well, just so they are starting to get acclimated and know exactly what to focus their efforts on in week one and week two. And it started off because we have different specific benefits for our Canadian employees versus our non-Canadian employees right now. And then it, we wanted to kind of distill it down into, hey, what are the specific benefits that we offer in your country? And are there other specific things that you might need to know? Like, how do you submit expenses? You know, when does payroll happen for you? How do you log, how do you log your PTO? We, uh, we have unlimited, you know, take what you need uh, PTO, but we still want to make sure we're tracking it. And this is why we want to track it. And the additional part of that is going to be a welcome note from Mike, uh, who is our CEO as well, just to have people feel that sense of belonging and that welcomeness just even before day one. Uh, and this also is actually very complimentary to the live sessions that we do. But again, being asynchronous, we're trying to go more asynchronous. We're actually trying to move a lot of those live sessions to also be Loom recordings um, so that we can have a, a more kind of one to one to many approach too.
The other thing I will say that we're we're starting to think about is what all should be in in Notion, kind of in our our wiki, uh, and then what all should we actually have in maybe a different place, and kind of trying to strike that right balance as well. Right now, Notion has been kind of our main our mainstream for knowledge, our mainstream for collaboration, even. But our teams are now starting to branch out into tools like Miro as well, um, and all, my team actually uses Trello uh, for project management. Uh, and so we we talk about every every morning we have a stand up and we talk about, hey, like, what are we going to work on today? And we go to the Trello board and look at it. I could see that shifting even more um, asynchronously as well, um, at where we don't maybe have to have a stand up for Trello, but we have to say, hey, like, this is what we're going to work on today kind of thing. Feeling connected to colleagues when they live on the other side of the world can seem impossible or unnatural at best. But with the right practices and more importantly, the mindset it's certainly an attainable goal. Knowing that Jen and her team have mastered the dynamic of hiring on a global scale, I wanted to learn more about some of the benefits they've seen from taking this approach overall. I would say some of the advantages to hiring internationally are that you are not cutting cutting your talent pool at the knees. You know, you really are able to hire wherever you would like. And you can actually, uh, you, you could base this on like, hey, there's a really cool company that is based in Australia, I'll just say. And uh, they have, you know, they, they have people that are doing things that we really want. So uh, for instance, on the product side, if we are trying to launch an e-commerce you know, marketplace or, or a platform or, or a specific kind of consumer-based launch, um, we can actually target people in different countries at specific companies that maybe we admire to come work for our team. Whereas if we weren't actually global, we'd be kind of stuck in uh, kind of this this one kind of pool of people. And we might not even be exposed to you know, people in a, in a different country. On our support team in particular, we are 24-7. And so we need to have people who are up and, and working during those specific times. Whereas if we had people that were here in the U.S. and actually I've hired support teams that have done the like 11, you know, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. shifts in the U.S. And it's very challenging to find those hires here or, or people that are willing to do them. But if you're hiring somebody, you know, in a different time zone a- across the way, it's like they're nine to five, Right. So it it can be a lot easier from a a scaling perspective for that. When you're talking about kind of it permeating to other um, parts of the organization, I was thinking about kind of our site reliability engineers and how we actually targeted, um, you know, India as a place because we have people in Kitchener. We have people, actually, we just hired an, an, a person in Ohio, and now we have one in, uh, a person in India as well. So now we have a little bit more coverage so that if something goes down, we have somebody that is going to be up and already kind of monitoring the situation there, as opposed to someone who is getting, you know, a ping via pager duty at like 3 a.m. in the morning and like having to wake up groggy and having to, to fix the situation. With team members located all over the globe, something else companies can take advantage of is the ability to support their customers around the clock, which according to Jen, has made scaling much easier for Smile. I asked Jen about the challenges that have come up as a result of this asynchronous working environment, and this is what she had to say. 
feel like having a fully asynchronous team um, is still a work in progress for us. Um, So we have uh, our head of design out in Spain. We have our VP of product in the Toronto kind of Kitchener area. We have our VP of engineering out in the United States on the West Coast. So we're we're definitely spread, I would say, with all the different time zones. Uh, And actually, we hired a product manager in India as well. And so all of those teams are really starting to understand how can they work asynchronously when it is such a collaborative environment and and kind of one of those things where it's like if an engineer has a question about a prioritization what what do they do if they can't slack the you know product manager because the product manager has gone to bed you know so what do you what do you do on that case I'd also say from the engineering and product side, they're also working on kind of working hours, like what is what is going to work for for them and and see what happens. Some other companies that have done this previously that I've seen actually work that we we might that why, why I say it's a work in progress is like we might go this way one day is having specific teams be in specific locations. So if we have a product manager in India, maybe we have that specific team also be in India working on a project. So they have at least one less level of complexity there. I think if I had to do it all over again and I was 30 people, I'd say let's focus on a few specific hubs, see where we start to get some really great talent and invest in those. Keep the door open for um, other locations as well because you don't, again, you don't want to like cut your cut your talent pool, but really start to, to build up structure in a few different places. The challenge that I'm running into right now is how do we build equity throughout kind of compensation right now? Like, do we go the geo route? Do we go the market-based route? What do we do as far as accounting for the very inequitable kind of paternal leave policy in different, in different locations? Because um, we're, we're all over, all over the map on that one as well. So I think, yeah, if you, if you can, if you can tamper down the complexity just a little bit first and kind of get your, your plan in place, then that's really going to help you to scale um, to multiple other locations as, after you get that plan. Jen's advice to zero in on a few locations as your hiring pool first makes a lot of sense. While the idea of building a global team with employees in every country may sound glamorous and exciting, it's certainly not without its logistical challenges and pain points. For hiring managers, it's best to start off slow by gaining traction in a few key areas where you already have a proven track record of success before expanding into other countries to explore. Jen noted that Smile took on a high level of international hires fairly quickly, so I was curious to know how this might have affected the existing company culture, if at all. I think that, you know, adding more global talent has helped our culture to evolve and I think even be more open. You know, since we have people that work in multiple countries, that means that all of us are exposed to other cultures and other languages. And this can actually be a huge challenge on just how people express themselves or how they're giving feedback. I mean, oftentimes you might not even be used to a specific culture and maybe misinterpret something from an individual. One thing that we did was we we actually put a notion page up about understanding specific cultures and how people actually either give feedback or, or how they like to have context when making decisions. 
There's a really good book called The Culture Map by Aaron Meyer. Uh, and in that, uh, there's a few different visuals that basically like pinpoint specific countries to indirect or, or very direct feedback and, and context as well. And I think that that helps um, you to at least start to recognize the, the very broad spectrum that we have at Smile. I think at least at least starting to um, understand it will help you to to understand how can you actually work with it instead of against it. We've still not really like perfected what it's going to look like as far as do we try and get a time where everybody can be together uh, in one place? We do have uh, Monday update meetings uh, for everybody at the company to attend or, or be at asynchronously. In addition to that, we um, have been trying to build kind of like those water cooler connections as well. Um, so we use Donut uh, for that. And that can be really helpful uh, for people that are maybe not interfacing with each other. The other cool like combination with with that is if you get paired with somebody um, that is do- like that doesn't overlap in your time zone, but you're you're paired in Donut, you can actually send them a volley back and forth as well to get to know them. And so that's actually um, when I joined the company, I had a good bit of those that I would have a, a volley back and forth with the employee just to kind of get to know them a little bit more. One thing many of us are missing while working remotely are those water cooler conversations about weekend plans, TV shows, or just generally catching up with the office happenings. This is where building a strong company culture through the right mindset and regular touch points comes in. Jen's comments around team building got me curious about the hiring strategy Smile will be taking moving forward. When we were thinking about our hiring strategy, I honestly think it's going to be a blended approach. We do need to start adding areas of focus. You know, if if there was a way to have have your brand be completely global without being a massive, massive company, then that would be amazing. I, I would love to like un, un, uncover that and, and, and kind of crack that nut. Uh, but as far as, you know, people seeing our jobs, it really depends on, you know, how are they even going to know that Smile exists uh, if we're not actually uh, advertising or if we're not on remote sites to make that happen? So I do think that we'll we'll do a little bit of investment in some, some specific kind of cluster areas, especially especially South America. But then at the same time, if we have someone come in like you know, Kismet or like even maybe a referral that's coming in from a location that we're not in yet, bear in mind like 17 countries is like a good amount of countries as well to like start to think about your, your candidate pool from. But I don't want to ever close the door. We actually have um, a hire that will be starting um, shortly that is will add to it and we'll be in 18 countries uh, after, after they start. Um, and I'm super excited about that. But I also... I also know like it's not um, there's got to be a point uh, where you're like, this is enough. Like, I think I think we're okay for right now to to manage. So we'll see. I haven't implemented it here at Smile, but at previous companies, I've started to look at specific local um, job boards and and start to make actually connections. When the uh, one of my previous companies actually had a Dublin location, I invested in actually making a connection with a specific technical university over there, so that we could start to get their technical talent. And they would know uh, they would know the company really well. Um, so I think that that would be a really um, a good strategy for us to m- implement over here. Whereas if we are you know looking to to scale it 
to grow, there are either, I mean, we're, we're already on the remote job board. So I think that like we have that covered, but as far as getting other exposure into other maybe untapped job boards or other maybe specific in the, in the States, they would have like meetups um, would be kind of that organization or, or partner organizations to get uh, into. I think that would be really helpful for us as well. After a great conversation with Jen, I wanted to know what's on the horizon for her and for Smile. I feel like I'm wearing a lot of hats right now. and uh, But what, what I'm going to try and focus on um, in the next really two two, three months is defining our compensation plan, which is our philosophy and our strategy, uh, and then also implementing career ladders uh, and then performance reviews. So it's kind of a, a tiered approach there where we define, you know, how are we going to pay people and then talk about what are the levels that we have here and, and what are the growth paths for people. And then we're going to give people specific feedback on, hey, here's where you're at and here's where you can get to. So those are the, yeah, that's what I'm going to be working on. <laughs> There you have it. Another great conversation with an inspiring people ops professional who's helping to change the way we look at the workforce today and shift the narrative in a positive way. After our conversation, a few key insights stood out to me. First, Jen and the team at Smile are clearly taking advantage of all of the tools and technologies available to make everybody's job run more smoothly. She mentioned using tools like Volley to facilitate communication across time zones, And I also loved her idea about sending new hires a full PDF handbook so that they could review the document with minimal distraction from the other tools used day to day in the company. Jen also mentioned some of the benefits of hiring internationally versus limiting the talent pool to just one country or region. As a 24 hour e-commerce company with international operations, hiring people in other time zones has been a game changer for Smile. Overall, Viewing the globe as your talent pool maximizes the potential for discovering the best possible talent for each role, which will in turn optimize your team and ultimately diversify the company culture. Finally, although hiring internationally comes with several benefits, Jen noted that in the future, Smile will be taking a more focused approach by doubling down on certain talent markets with excellent opportunities. As always, balance is crucial and building the ideal team for your company is no different. Finding the sweet spot between hiring internationally and building a strong community is essential. And it's great to see people ops professionals like Jen rising to the challenge. Thank you for listening to New World of Work the podcast exploring the new frontier of the modern workforce through an international lens. We hope this episode served to expand your horizons and open your mind to a new perspective. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so that we can reach more listeners. I'm your host, Reese Black. See you next time.